0: Welcome back to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Bobby J got the day off, so it's uh, myself and uh, Charlie Long mastering this until 8 o'clock tonight. And, boy, uh, we're honored to have uh, the legendary Pete Jenkins, greatest defensive line coach ever, uh, one of the founders of the Louisiana Line Camp, on with us now. Papa Pete, thanks for joining us tonight.
1: Happy to do it, buddy. Nice to hear talk to you.
0: Uh, Pete, uh, I'm going to ask you about this because uh, we saw what happened with DeMar Hamlin, and, and, man, you've coached a long, long time and, and seen some serious injuries. N- nothing like this, but certainly some serious. Think about this so much, Camp, and you guys are vigilant about watching players. I, I saw one of the guys this year cramp up in an early practice where, where he couldn't move, and how fortunate we are these first responders, the athletic trainers we have oh. that work the camp at, at uh, from Thibodeau Regional Medical Center uh, that are there because for a lot of these guys, now if you're from South Louisiana is one thing, but we had a young man from Hawaii. We've had yeah. some from all over. Man, yeah. it's not the heat that gets you. It's the humidity. It- and how yeah. fortunate we are. We, we've had some injuries, and we've had some people that need to be taken uh, to the hospital with IVs. But the yeah. first responders and the athletic trainers, like what we have uh, for the Louisiana line camp uh, from Thibodeau Regional, they, they yeah. do an unbelievable job and kind of an unheralded job in this world.
1: Yes. But you're right, though, Mike. God bless them, boy. They, I wouldn't dare go on that practice field if they weren't with us, if, if I didn't, if I wasn't sure that they, you know, that they were there and on the job, Mike, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take those kids out there in that heat. I'll tell you. So I'm very thankful for them. I really am.
0: Yeah. Cause it's not Tahiti and you're not on the beach. When you no. got three days in that Louisiana heat, uh, Pete, I know got you, it. you've spent a lot of time, uh, kind of mentoring people and, and sort of working with people along defensive line of University of Georgia your connection with Kirby smart uh, but uh, man uh, to reload this defense the way he did losing all those guys to the NFL, and to see the way this defense has played this year has just been remarkable. Goes to show, uh, I know your guy, Nick, who used to always talk about this, recruit and develop players. Yeah. And Kirby's done the exact same thing. A little bit yeah. about that, and also, too, you work with Jalen Carter, uh, the defensive tackle from Georgia, yeah. where, man, he's like a, like a man child. I mean, he is unbelievable athletically gifted. And I think he's just scratched the surface of what he could be once he hits the NFL.
1: Yeah. You know, um, speaking of him, Mike, you know, he was the fourth man on the three-man front last year. (laughs) And he played a lot now. I, I, I mean, he didn't get to start the game, but he played a lot, okay, and the other three, as you'll remember, were all first-round guys.
0: That's right.
1: And they're all playing in the NFL today. And I don't mean playing. I mean, they're starting. They're, they're really good players. Um, but I used to tell them, 88 needs to be called 1A. Because <laughs> he's as good as any, any of That was last year. Now He was as good as any of those three high first-rounders that started on the inside of George's defense. The guy's special now. He really is. And um, he can play the run effectively, and he can really rush the passer extremely well. He he turned the Tennessee game around. Sure did. Two calls fumbles, slack fumbles, that really had an impact on the whole game. And uh, he's, he's very, very good. But I'm really proud of what Kirby and the guys have done up there at Georgia. You know, Kirby's always approached it like Coach Saban. I don't want to have a good team. I want to have a program. And that's what you're speaking of. When you know, like well, Coach Saban was in the playoffs last year, and with three thirty three left in the game against Georgia, there was one point difference. Well, he turns around this year and wins twelve and loses two, and that's not good at Alabama. But (laughs) and it it is unfortunately. That's not. I mean, you know, the expectation. I think Alabama's held to a different uh,
0: different standard.
1: standard. Yes, but he, he. You know, those are programs where you know you don't have the highs and lows,
0: <clears throat> you don't have a
1: great team one year and drop off so bad the next year. You know, when you build a pro, and both of those guys are program builders. And, and a lot of that is player development, just as you described. They develop those guys and they keep guys coming and they develop the young guys. And all of a sudden, here's another guy. That looks like the ones that were there last year. So, yeah, I, I just think they've done a regardless of how the game comes out Monday, I just think they've done a tremendous,
0: tremendous job.
1: And 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 you know this, no portal guys. Zero. No portal guys. Yep.
0: And they lost some, but they didn't gain any.
1: That's right. And you know they lost all those starters on defense. I mean, it was what, seven of them off the defense? Yeah.
0: Seven.
1: Hey, Mike, listen, let me tell you something. You mentioned it. We were talking about the boy at Buffalo. And McDermott up there is a close friend of mine, the head coach up there. We worked together at the Eagles. But anyways, I, what I was going to tell you, in 1992, yeah, 92, I had an experience that I have never recovered from. I lost the kid, the kid died. We were playing the University of Florida and he got hit and came off the field with us thinking he had a knee injury, which he did. He had a knee injury. They flew him back on a private plane to Columbus, Mississippi and put it in. He went to the hospital. You know, I mean, they put him on a private plane immediately. He goes back to Columbus. I go to see him on a Tuesday morning. I bring him a a milkshake. We We talk. He had just had the surgery on his knee. Wednesday morning, Jackie Sherrill calls me and tells me Rodney died this morning. Mike, I'm telling you, it has been, for the next 30 years that I coached, every time I saw one go down, it scared the hell out of me. Because I never forgot what happened down in Florida that day. And losing that boy has had a tremendous effect on me, Mike.
0: And, Lasting effect. And you see what happened Monday, and it's sort of a, it's yeah. a freakish thing to happen. But it goes to show just how fragile our lives are. Yeah. And and the fact that today, Pete, I think we so much more advanced than say even in 92 with having people on site that could figure out exactly what happened because Hamlin, I don't know. He doesn't grasp the whole thing of it today, but those first responders gave him a tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and 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 uh, I read this. They they restarted his heart on that field before yes. he left. Yeah, how phenomenal! Because he, had they not, he Mike, he probably would have never made it.
0: No, he, he wouldn't have made
1: it. Yeah, but uh, my guy was a boy named Rodney Stoppers. He was a sophomore defensive tackle, and. You know, I saw him on Tuesday. I thought I saw him on Tuesday morning, and you know, I thought he was going to be, but he had a deal where I forget what they call it, but they say it happens in accidents a lot, where in in the the, the uh, bone marrow leaks out and gets in one's bloodstream. Goodness. And it's kind of like a uh, uh,
0: like a or yeah, like almost a poisoner.
1: And then, God bless him. He died that that Jeez. Wednesday morning. That, that boy, that boy died. He was he was a really good kid. He was had a really good future, I thought, because he had size. He run he ran well. But it's been you know <clears throat> when I saw that kid go down, our son is here this. and he doesn't have medical experience, but he said when the boy went down, he said it's it's heart. It's a heart attack or heart damage. You no, know? but sure enough, that's you know that's what it turned out to be. I'm so thankful that guy's showing some improvement. I don't know how much, but as I read, what I read. He is showing improvement, isn't that the way
0: you understand it? Yes, absolutely. And and his doctors, right. uh, he he can't talk because they still have the the breathing tube in him, but he can yeah. write. And and he wrote out to him, "Did we win the game?" And wow. the, the doctor wrote, told him back." Yeah, you won the wow. game of life. And so, wow, but, right. but it, it reminded me, and I told this to Charlie and and the listeners, uh, Joe Joe Clark. Uh, we had Yo, coached 50 years, uh, yeah. major college football into the NFL. He was my neighbor uh, for, the last, for 25 years. Yeah, and, really uh, right and, and, and Joe had some, uh, some health issues, and uh, he was in this breathing tent, and he asked for a piece of paper and a pencil. And so his wife Samantha was told, well maybe he wants to write something knowing this toward the end with him. And she said, you know, after about 20 25 minutes she was like, well wait a minute. Uh, Joe Clark ain't this flowery to want to write me that much on a piece yeah. of paper. Well come to yeah. find out when she opened up the tent, Joe was drawing up uh, plays <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> like a like a coach <laughs> wow. to, to kill his time. Man,
1: I'm to get damn Joe Clark man. It
0: <laughs> And 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 Samantha was Mike would you have expected anything different from Joe? Yes, it was it was no, hey, honey, I yes. love you, and I, and yes. you know, you've done so much for me. No, he's yes. trying to draw offensive plays on a piece of paper. Uh, but but, uh, coach, to the end, coach, we got to yes. take a break, and we'll come back with more with you. We got a couple more questions we'd like to ask you, but hold on to where you are at, and then we'll take a break here on the Big Eight Seventy and talk more with the legendary. P. Jenkins right up to this break on the Big 870. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You better over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
1: Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees, phone
0: fee twenty-four monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTMobile.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike D'Tilla, along with Charlie Long. And we have on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line the legendary Pete Jenkins. Pete, you got to see Yellow Shoot Purdue. We've talked about Makai Wingo, number 92. Plays yeah. up on the nose now. Oh, ja- yeah. Jaqueline Roy um, opted out, and you know he's a much bigger player, uh, inside yeah. player, and, and he's a good player, really good athlete. But Makai. He sort of reminds me of a bigger version of Booger McFarland, in that yeah. he's he's a wider base than Booger was. They both built yeah. about the same because they list him at six foot tall. Ain't no way he's six foot tall, but yeah. he, he, he's he's probably 20, 25 pounds more than what Booger was when he was at LSU. But man, you watch him in his technique. And how and he's low to begin with, but how he gets under the pads and moves people around, and he gets into the play for an interior player—it's remarkable yeah. to watch. And he, he was an unsung hero because he started at at Missouri a year ago, yeah. and he yeah. comes in. He was a freshman All SEC player. He comes a, a third team All American man. You got to be impressed watching that young man play.
1: I love watching. I really do. Uh, <gasps> You know, he, he certainly was, as you described him, an unsung hero. That guy really, he progressed during the season as a, as the whole team did, really progressed. I mean, he's one of the better players in the SEC right now. And uh, I, I'm like you, Mike. I really love, I love watching I'm anxious to meet him. I haven't met him, but I'm anxious to meet him because I really admire him from afar.
0: Coach, we talked about Jalen Carter earlier, the Georgia defensive lineman that's been so well-renowned. Another really well-renowned defensive lineman, Will Anderson. I mean, this guy has done everything in the book. He's collected so many awards. He's very decorated. Just talk a little bit about him and what you've seen from him. Yeah, he's seen a lot of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he is a, He's one of my favorite people off the field as well as on the field. Uh, you know, I think I've mentioned to you this, Mike. I, have told him I'd say, Will, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how much notoriety. Don't you ever change, because you're such a super human being, such a super young man. Don't don't let notoriety and money. Don't let it change you. And he'll laugh at me and he'll say, Coach, those four sisters of mine, <laughs> they ain't gonna let me change. You know, I think that's been a blessing in his life. Uh, had been raised and having four older sisters like his, cause I think they, I think they kept up with him pretty closely. And and uh, he's just a terrific guy. But on the field, you know, he's got he's got a a mixture of speed, quickness, aggressiveness, and he's a smart player. I just, I I think Will is one of the best ones I've ever been around
0: coach a little bit about you didn't get to coach him but you were around him and and I'm not somebody I've done this over 35 years on the scouting somebody a little bit out of the ordinary that he doesn't fit prototypical size and that would be Bryce Young Uh, he's not just six foot three six foot four quarterback he's not 220 pounds he's five foot eleven and a half and he's probably 195 pounds and and I, I rarely like to put guys like that near the top Because, uh, you know, this is a big business of big men. And the Greeks settled this years ago. Uh, You know, if you got a chance to pick a really talented big man, a really talented small guy, you go with the big guy. But there's always exceptions to the rule. And just the way he handles himself, and he's so poised. And when he gets on that field, he is the five-star general. He he's in control of all personnel and yeah. I think he's a terrific player. You got to be around him, being yeah. around Coach Saban and the Alabama football team, but a little bit about Bryce Young.
1: Yeah. I think I think you know, Bill O'Brien, his position coach, and I are friends and and we have spoken many times, very much like you and I speaking about just how phenomenal the guy is. So I think this, Mike. He's got a lot of things going for him. Uh, Number one, from what Bill tells me, coaching him, he is ultra smart. And Bill coached Tom Brady at the Patriots, which we all know Tom Brady's off the charts in football intelligence. And Bill tells me that this kid has the potential given time to be a Tom Brady smart quarterback. Which, when I coached against Brady, <clears throat> I thought he was listening <laughs> to our calls on this. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I mean, we tried to line up coverage-wise and disguise things, and, you know, Brady, Brady it was amazing. He had us pegged before he ever came out of the huddle. So, I think Bryce has got super football intelligence. Okay. The other thing that I think about the kid, watching him all these years, he's got great eyes. And they talk about him like being a point guard in yeah, basketball.
0: That's a good point.
1: I don't know the the boy at uh Kansas City.
0: Yeah, Patrick Mahomes.
1: Very similar to me in that they see the field. They see everything going on, even if they're on the move. I I just, you know, great eyes are a tremendous asset. Tremendous asset in any position in in football. The the ability to see the the picture. And and I think Bryce has that gift. And I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to go back to Bryce. Bryce. Henry Thomas, who you know, who worked over in the camp, all the linemen that I coached my whole 55 years, Henry Thomas had the best eyes. And a boy named Mike Patterson, who I coached at the Eagles, those two guys stood out of the whole pack because they had such great vision. Henry Thomas, it was amazing to me what Henry saw. And seeing it, and being able to react to it makes you just a better performer. Anyways, so Bryce has got that intelligence and he's got the great eyes. And then the, the, the guy's got a, a depth perception that's unbelievable. How he dropped he one in there the other night against <laughs> um, Kansas State, I, I, just, I just was awed by it. He looked like, I mean, he dropped him in over the defender. And it, you remember the one boy called in the back of the end zone? Yep. yep. A low catch on it. It came right over the defender's head. How do you do that?
0: I mean. How I do you defend that out. is the bigger question.
1: <laughs> I couldn't drop it out of a helicopter that good. Right? <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I think he's got is uh, character and leadership. So I'm like you. I mean, I know he's marginal size for the league. But the other things to me outweigh outweigh his lack of. I think that offsets his lack of height and weight. Is all of those things, and and he doesn't have problems throwing over people. He he can throw it around him. He you know he's got kind of like Mahomes, He's got he's got a, you know he can release the football in a number of different angles. I think he's going to be a good pro player.
0: Your thoughts on Jalen Hurts too, because I know you were around that Alabama program when Jalen was yeah. there. Um, now he's built differently. Now <laughs> he's like he's yeah. like a fullback, uh, yeah. like a, a little smaller fullback. But and how well he's progressed as a passer in his ability to like to pick up a secondary receiver downfield. I always yeah. thought at Alabama a lot of times it was okay. I'm a roll out. If my number one target's not there, I'm taking off and I'm That's running right. with it.
1: He did it to us in 16 up there. Yeah, he sure remember, did. Do you remember the game that we went 56 minutes, nothing to nothing?
0: Zero-zero, yep.
1: And, and then he he had a dash pass, and we were in man under, and he saw it and ran the ball in put the touchdown, and that's what won the game for Alabama in 16. A tremendous game, too. I don't know, Mike, you know, a lot of people don't like a nothing-nothing for 56 minutes, but me me playing on – coaching on defense, you know <laughs> – that thing was right up my alley, man. It was, you know, it was. I was in heaven. But uh, I think Jalen, unlike you, he has uh, he has developed into a really good down the field passer. And Mike.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Coach.
1: Yeah, I said he has really developed
0: into a really good
1: down the field passer.
0: I agree. And he,
1: he didn't have that quality.
0: No, he didn't. He
1: did in Alabama. He could run it, and he'd throw underneath and things like that. But he, he now is a good deep ball thrower. And somebody's helped him. He's come a long way, I think, since he's since he's been out of Alabama. And he couldn't do it at OU. He wasn't that good at it at OU, but somebody has gotten to gotten with him and he's they really helped that kid become a more much more complete player.
0: Coach, I think uh, – I know you've told me this so many times about, you know, when you load up the bus for the kids to play. Okay, how many of your guys want to play quarterback, running back, receiver, defensive back? Okay, you almost unload the bus. Okay, a couple guys strolling out that want to play along the defensive line. And yet today – uh, the way the NFL is and the payment for these defensive linemen are at a really high rate. So uh, I think you're you're seeing more of the bigger guys say, okay, you know, maybe I did a little bit of wide receiver, but I've grown out of that. And they're more adept to saying, you know what? Yeah, I'll play defensive line. I'll play defensive yeah, in right. a defensive tackle. But if you look at where they started, uh, you know, if it's junior high school or high school, they weren't defensive linemen. No, they, they were right. playing on offense.
1: That's right. And, you know, uh, Coach Augusta Springer used to tell me before we'd have football, he'd say, Pete, if you drove the bus up and, and told them to get out and we're going to practice football, every one of them would go for the footballs. They'd be throwing them, they'd be catching them. He said, you'd be down there, and he was talking about young kids, he said, you'd be down there with them sleds and all that right by yourself. And I, and he was right. You know, he really was right about it. He used to say, when he come in here, see how many people are wearing Jerry Rice's number. He said, "Ain't know, I'm going to be wearing them big 99s or nothing. Like. But I think today, you know, it's become much more attractive because you want to draft people who can throw the football. And you want to draft people who can get the guy who is trying to throw the football. So the pass risk thing is really, you know, it's changed the game of football. No question. The to throw it. But now we have to produce guys that, uh, you know, can get the guy who's trying to throw it
0: too. Coach, um, you worked with Bill, and he wasn't the originator of putting the 3-4 defense in the NFL. Boom! Actually did it. Uh Uh, with the Chargers in the late 60s. Sid Gilman hired him from the college ranks, and he put it in. But Bill had the – because of what he did with the 3-4, no-name defense with the Dolphins. His thoughts on – because Bud Wilkinson really came up with the concept in in college football at OU uh, of why he thought that would work at the NFL level when there was a couple teams that did it. But he sort of broke new ground there on Sparker yeah. and, and putting in that 3-4 defense in the NFL, well, at that time, the AFL, uh, with the Dolphins, uh, with Don Shula. And Don sort of let him do what he wanted to do on defense.
1: Yeah, and and uh, to keep Coach Onifier happy, that's what you had to do. <laughs> <laughs> you had to pretty much let him do what he wanted to do. But you know, uh, Mike, I I profited so much by working for that man at LSU. I learned I learned a lot of football working for Bill. And and Bill was not a a guru type guy. He it was common sense stuff. And uh I can remember if he was talking about anything other than football, I would be about halfway listening and halfway <laughs> not. But I'm telling you, when he started talking about football, my pen and pad came out. And I learned I'll tell you I was so I was so happy that I had a chance. It wasn't any fun, okay, because you know, Coach Arnold was not a fun guy. It wasn't any fun working for him. But I tell you, it it was it was so good for Pete Jenkins because the guy taught me so much about defensive football. Or or, or about football, period. But especially defensive football, I learned so much from that man. Uh, I was never the same coach after I worked for Bill. I was so much, I was so much further along after I worked for Coach Arnsperger. Uh, and and uh, I'm, I've been, you know, I've been just so grateful all these years that I got to spend three years with the man.
0: Coach, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. Always great to have you on and tell your stories and your insights on, um, you know, on on playing defense and stuff in the world, you know. And so, man, we really appreciate it. And uh, I didn't get to tell you yet, but Happy New Year! Thank you, Mike, The same to you guys. All righty. That was the legendary Pete Jenkins, greatest defensive line coach ever. And uh, we certainly thank him for being on with us two segments tonight. We'll be back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870 right after this break.